Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very happy to have Mark Altieri as my guest today. Mark Altieri has over a decade of experience in managing self-directed long-term care service models that maximize the individual's choice and control over their services. Mark earned his Master of Business Administration from Brandeis University's Heller School of Social Policy and Management and has been a multi-time presenter at the National Home and Community-Based Services Conference. Mark works with the financial management services provider, Public Partnerships, in 23 states, including California's self-determination program, often referred to as SDP, which was made available statewide on July 1st, 2021. He brings a full understanding of self-determination programs from a national standpoint, as well as the benefits and differences of California's models for SDP. Welcome, Mark, and thank you so much for joining me today to discuss the important service that you provide. Thank you, Gilda, for uh, having me on, and thank you, Gilda, for all the work you do for the community day in and day out. I am very grateful that we've met and, and equally grateful that we're getting a chance to talk about SDP in California. Well, thank you for that. I, I really, really do appreciate it. So to begin with, what is self-determination in general? And more precisely, what is the self-determination program and its advantages? So uh, I love talking about the California SDP program because California can stake a claim uh, to really birthing the concept of self-direction on your Berkeley campus back in the 60s. And it was a gentleman named Ed Roberts uh, who led a group of students for equal access to education, regardless of disabilities. And from that movement, we had one of the greatest pieces of legislation we've ever passed as a country, the Americans with Disabilities Act, all stemming from that group on Berkeley's campus. And, and from there, you start to see, albeit it took some time, a shift in mentality over how services should be received, how they should be delivered, and that regardless of any uh, disability, and Gilda, we're only using the term because it's common, but I much prefer the way you talk about this um, topic, uh, regardless of disability, uh, you should have full choice and control over the supports and services you need to live as meaningful a life, as fulfilled life as all the rest of us. And so born is this concept of self-determination and self-direction. Uh, the self-determination program goes by many different names across the country, but every, probably the most common question I get asked uh, out in California is, do other states have these programs? And yes, uh, they are available in all 50 states. There are actually over 260 programs and about 1.2 million people a year select this option. Uh, 
which allows the individual who is receiving the services to have choice over who provides their services. And in California's uh, model, which would be called full budget authority nationally, which is the best model for self-determination, uh, the individual can, can negotiate rates with different service providers. They can uh, hire non-traditional service providers. And SDP is really groundbreaking because you no longer need to be a, a regional center vendored service provider. Any organization now could be a service provider. That's opened the doors for many uh, non-traditional service providers uh, to, to start raising awareness of what they can make available to the community. So uh, in addition to all of that, uh, there are generally three different types of models and states will offer one or two, rarely three. So California, through SDP, is offering all three versions of self-direction that, again, with a very person-centered process, allows the individual to set schedules for respite workers, for instance, negotiate their pay rates, um, hire and select what's called a financial management service provider uh, who will make the payments to employees, who will help purchase goods and services uh, that can, are now available through the SDP program and work with the regional center to bill all those. There are three flavors of that and California has all three. Uh, one is called sole employer, which maximizes the control for the individual from the standpoint of they are truly the boss. Uh, they can hire or dismiss, for instance, respite workers. They get to choose all the goods and services, and they are very much serving uh, as their own employer of any direct care support service providers, providers of community integration services, etc. Then you have the co-employer model. Very similar, except an agency, a financial management service provider would still technically be the employer of record. You'd have uh, still a, a, a large amount of choice and control over who is hired, uh, but they ultimately do set the rates and there is a slightly higher administrative fee, but that also helps cover some of the benefits for employees that you wouldn't get under your sole employer model. And then lastly, there is this bill payer model, which is I, for any individual, I don't need any uh, direct support, but I would like services like a membership to a local gym, uh, equestrian therapy, music therapy, uh, online graphic arts courses, things of that where I don't actually get direct care from anyone or direct support, but there are other services I want. So that, um, hopefully in somewhat of a nutshell, is self-direction, uh, why SDP is unique, and why I think it will be one of the largest programs in the country. Give it five years. Well, just to clarify, now, you, you it was very interesting hearing you talk about the three different flavors, so to speak. Um, the bill payer model uh, can actually, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it can actually pay for certain services. It's just that um, instead of hiring the individual directly, you would go, say, to a company 
who would hire that individual and that company would then bill the financial management service and they would pay that bill. So technically it would still be a bill payer, even if the person is receiving, let's say, supported living services, for example, but they're not responsible for paying the employment taxes and, you know, all that other kinds of things, all those kinds of things that come along with being the employer yourself. Would that be a fair thing to say? This is why you're so great, Gilda. Yes, that would be a much better way to say what I just said. <laughs> if we, need, we may need to flip roles here. Yes, 100%. I am glad you caught that and you, I won't even add on to it. What, what Gilda said, perfectly said. That is a better explanation of bill payer. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for allowing me to clarify and, and, and for, um, for supporting that. <laughs> um, so you, you already kind of touched on this next question, but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway, because perhaps you might want to enhance upon it. Um, California self-determination program, how is it unique? What are the differences from the program as it exists, let's say, in some other states? And how are we, how is it more beneficial for um, we who are in California and want to avail ourselves of it? Sure. And I'll start there. More beneficial because uh, essentially every individual that receives services through one of the 21 regional centers, which is approximately 325,000, maybe as high as 350,000 individuals across the state are now all eligible for SDP. So that means the maximum amount of benefit can be realized. How that differs from other states, a lot of other states have what are called Medicaid waivers. Um, they apply for the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services for a waiver of their uh, state plan Medicaid services in place of a self-determination program type model, a self-directed model. But Waivers have caps, limits. One of the biggest waivers in the country would be New York State's um, waiver through the Office for People with Developmental uh, Disabilities. And that has 70,000 waiver slots on it. And that's New York State, a large state. So you're literally five times as many people are eligible. And that just simply translates into maximizing this opportunity for everyone across the state. It's incredible. Um, so that, that's number one. There, there is just not another uh, model as robust. And like I said, it checks all, all three boxes for flavors um, that is available for 350,000 people. That's Number one and a big one. Number two is the, again, many states will mandate that service providers are Medicaid providers. That's an administrative process. As much so or more so is the current regional center vendorization process, depending on the state. And that's gone away. So that that's rare. And I haven't managed, I've managed programs in 12 states. I've not managed one um, that was that wide open and you don't need to be a vendored service provider. Uh, you and I have talked. I think that that over time will improve quality um, through competition uh, and choice over more service providers. So I, I do think in the long run, it will be a good thing for the community. Uh, and then the, the third 
would be uh, the choice of the three models. Um, many, many states just have co-employer. Many states only have sole employer. Uh, rarely have I seen them under the same uh, state administration to offer all three. Uh, and that's a, that is a wonderful thing, I, I, I do believe. So those, those are the big three that I would say. Are any of the other states looking to California to more or less set an example and perhaps planning to follow in California's footsteps in terms of adjusting their models and the way that they offer their own self-determination programs? Or are they, are they pretty well set uh, in terms of the way they operate? Just me talking, I think that all states are taking a long, hard look at self-determination programs coming off COVID-19 round one, and hopefully variant round two uh, will not be as devastating. But these self-determination models, and anytime California is going to do something, it's going to be, like I said, at large scale inherently, uh, they do have some unique features. So I would hope neighbors um, for sure on the West Coast are watching to see how this rolls out. But what we saw during COVID-19 were individuals that could not get service providers to their homes because service provider agencies um, we're also feeling uh, the, the, the horrible impacts of COVID on their own staff getting, getting sick, missing work. Um, it, in a self-directed model, you can control much more effectively. Maybe just your circle of support that are generally informal supports become formal supports during uh, another run with COVID. And through SDP, that is possible. And so with the, um, the American Rescue Plan in full effect now and states receiving funds, many are looking at doing more with home and community-based services. And so I should hope um, the sophisticated ones are paying attention to the SDP rollout and what's working and, and what isn't and, and how they could replicate and build. So let's say you have decided that self-determination is something that you want to pursue for yourself, for a loved one, for someone that, that you help support. What are the key steps to enrolling in STP? And what are some of the most common challenges that people face during that enrollment process? Sure. So uh, step one, I, I really always feel like is is letting the regional center service coordinator know uh, that you're interested in SDP and, and making sure they're aware because one of the, the critical uh, actions that needs to occur to get enrolled will be a budget uh, assessment, which is an annual look back. The regional center will look back on the last 12 months of spending to try to get a baseline budget. And then from there uh, and in parallel, I, it's not mandated, but it, if people can get a person-centered plan done before they start uh, SDP and enrollment, I strongly recommend it. The person-centered plan, uh, there is funding available, continued through DDS to have one done. Uh, there are plenty of independent facilitators out there that are doing wonderful person-centered plans, but that foundational piece um, 
being done or at the same time as the outreach to the regional center service coordinator and letting them know where you're at with wanting or not a, a person-centered plan if you opt for one and and i encourage you to and as the budget gets what is called certified so we know how much money is available for the next 12 months uh the next piece is how will you spend it and that's called a spending plan so you know if the the budget is going to be forty thousand for the next 12 months everyone needs to be on the same page as to where the money is going to be spent uh that can be a challenge that piece uh that's probably the first challenge and that is where this optional role but highly recommended uh, independent facilitators, they're experts in that, uh, taking the money, helping the individual find service providers that will help fulfill the person-centered plan goals, which is why that process moves along more quickly and smooth uh, if you have a person-centered plan to work from. Uh, just brings clarity to what types of services are going to be needed. And from there, uh, one of the service providers you'll have to pick uh, will be a financial management service provider. And so there are 12 of us. Uh, I work with public partnerships. Uh, and those are the one service provider you must have. And because we make the payments and build the regional centers, uh, handle enrollment and hiring paperwork, which is heavy administrative, uh, and most people don't want to take on all that themselves uh, or make the monthly payments. That is another challenge, just understanding the whole, uh, you know, I did no justice to sole employer, co-employer, bill payer. Those are broader, probably one hour meetings in and of themselves to make sure the families have a good understanding and the individual. Uh, this is what I want to accomplish in my person centered plan which model now is best for me as far as choice and control and the types of services I need. So finding that FMS is important. Uh, again, there's uh, independent facilitators that can make recommendations. Uh, all our information is available on the DDS website. And, uh, and then at that point, uh, the independent facilitator, if you want one, has helped you identify service providers, other supports, you've selected an FMS, then you're probably having one final meeting with your regional center service coordinator. Uh, the FMS should be there. The independent facilitator should probably be there if you have one or the person-centered planner. And when all systems are go, as they say, regional centers approved uh, budget, then you start SDP. So I think those two challenges are, are really the spending plan, converting a dollar-based budget into actual services that are spread out dollars-wise over a year to make sure you get the full year of services, and then making sure you pick the right model and just kind of getting your head around what those three models are because it is a different type of service delivery model. Well, I agree with you 100% about the person-centered plan. I can tell you that uh, I have had some personal experience with my own family member in terms of the self-determination program, and that person-centered plan is key. It is core to being able to create the budget and subsequently the spending plan that will get your loved one the services that they want, that they need, that they're hoping for, that self-determination makes possible because as you say, 
Um, you no longer have to use a vendored service provider for anything except the financial management service is the only thing which still must be a vendored and approved service provider. And the company that you work with, Public Partnerships, is one of those that is um, not only vendored in the state of California, but in 22 other states, from what, what I understand. Correct. Correct. So um, at this point, then, um, I want to ask you, is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is important that you want to mention, um, perhaps uh, an important takeaway that you want to make sure is etched upon people's brains <laughs> before, before sure. we wrap up? And then also, how can people reach you if they have questions, if they want to know more? If they're on track and they're looking for uh, an FMS provider, how can they how can they find you? Sure, sure. Yeah. So the one the one last piece I would like to share is with that spending plan challenge. Um, how am I going to spend my individual budget over twelve months? SDP is fantastic, while also creating a challenge of okay, now where do I find the service providers or You've talked a lot about these independent facilitators. Where can I find them? Uh, we collaborated, our, our company collaborated with Education Spectrum, led by Kathy Gott and the San Gabriel Pomona Regional Center staff, and created a website that is really almost like a Yelp for service providers and independent facilitators. And we are currently at about 150 <clears throat> different, uh, non a lot of non-traditional service providers, uh, about 55 independent facilitators. And I strongly encourage families when they're at that stage to check out the website. And it's www.thecasdpnetwork.org. And you can find me. Uh, I will be at Public Partnerships for a long time. And we're at www.publicpartnerships.com. And as soon as you go to the website, you will get a welcome SDP visitors pop up. And from there, it'll take you to our page and, and how to get in contact with us. So thank you so much, Gilda. This was fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for your time and for giving us some extremely helpful information today. Anytime, anytime. And uh, yeah, I look forward, look forward to future discussions and, uh, and for the future of SDP in California, for sure. And there will be those because as SDP develops, as things change, um, I know we're going to want to have you back to give us updates and, and keep, us, keep us informed and keep us posted on all the latest developments. So we will definitely be talking again. That'd be fantastic. Thanks again, Gilda. My pleasure. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. 
This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.